Captain Picard, priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Am I ready, Roman? longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast, brought to you by people who worked on the show, loved the show, birthed the show, and afterbirthed the show. My name is Mitchell Mel, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount, and with me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs. Brandon, how are we doing today? Uh, don't forget, we are going to unbirth the show as well. Um, well I'm very excited today, Mitch. That's our final episode. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more excited than one of Dr. Pulaski's ex-husbands wow, when the that, divorce papers come in. That's quite a lot of excitement. Um, mm-hmm. I'm about as excited as a first officer's estranged father, I would say. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you uh, know. I, I, you're trying to reconnect with, with, with said first officer? Yeah, I'm trying to reconnect with a lot of things. Um, TNG, my modem, you know, a lot. Uh, It's a very storied week of TNG. Not so much of life. I don't think anything happened anywhere in the world this week. But, you know, we... uh, we press on. We do the show. Did you wait? Did you see those two fellas who got stuck for 29 days out on a boat? No. Was that us? No, no, I wish it was, but they, uh, they they were sailing out to New Guinea, and all they you had were say oranges. That. <laughs> we don't have any Italian listeners. Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, all, all they had were oranges to eat for an entire month. That sounds pretty good. That's, that's like a Japanese winter right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least they're not going to get scurvy, you know? Right. I guess if I had to choose a food stuff to have access to while stranded at sea um a fruit would be it definitely lots of energy sweet um now by the time they reached land they were about to die so well they timed it well then now here's I the guess thing so. so imagine this imagine you're stuck at sea for 29 days and you have a barrel of oranges that you eat over time and there's nothing else to do mm-hmm. Do you think that you make an autistic game out of how well you can peel each orange as you eat it? Yeah, like, like you peel it in like designs, like a spiral, something like that, or you try to do it with um, leaving as much of the innards intact, like without puncturing yep. it or uh, not leaving those strands behind. You know what I mean? Try to do it with one hand. Yeah, sometimes just bite yeah. into it like an apple. Right. Yeah. Definitely. That's how you stay sane. Um, on, yeah, certainly. Let's see, now were they oranges or one of the many orange variants, like the tangerine or the uh, mandarin orange? Oh, I don't know. I didn't really read that far into it. I mean, it, it is, it is kind of in the middle of nowhere. So who knows? They're definitely not our oranges. That's for sure. Well, I don't even like orange oranges you know like orange like it's an orange i i the, the, the big fat ones yeah the yeah the juice isn't as sweet yeah i know i know the the little ones are way better right and their their seeds aren't as big so you don't you know get fucked that way 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do they get the oranges? This I, is, I don't know. I don't think anyone experiment? did that. I don't think anyone did that, uh, that hard hitting journalism to figure that out. Well, I wonder if they were boarded. Like they, uh, some, some, uh, craft came to rescue them and, as someone comes down to their little raft, one one of the guys says to the other, "We're being boarded." Uh huh. Yeah, you know, like a uh, well, like a maritime they, uh, vessel. They wouldn't have had a choice. Well, even um, prospective New Guineans uh, get boarded sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The very so, exciting uh... news. I'm I'm very. Even more excited to see how exactly that connects to the contents of this week's episode, because I don't think you would have brought it up otherwise. And uh, we'll we'll. What was that? It's coming. It's You'll coming. See. Oh, yeah. I'm. I will see. I'm very excited. Very excited. Anything going on with you these days? Before we hop into the question of the week, we always have this free time, free chat free space at the beginning mm. of the episode and it's a it's a use it or lose it kind of thing if we right if we don't use it we're not going to be allotted it in the next episode is this a is this a producer thing yeah well i mean you know how budgets are with money if you have a surplus and it's unused it will just be factored out of the next budget uh time is budgeted much the same way Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have much going on over here. What do you got? Well, I have something very exciting. I, today, I was cleaning my apartment, and I have collected three bags worth of garbage. Oh. Yes. Now, the, uh, the, the, you, you do this, what, four times annually? Take the garbage out? Yeah, yeah, about that much. Now, I found two of the bags already collected and tied up in the middle of my kitchen. And the third bag I put together with scraps of things lying around the living room. Mm-hmm. And it's been, a, it's been a hard day's work, I like to say. Like that Beatles song, a hard day's work. Yes, it's been a hard day's work. Yeah. So yeah. I was I was humming that as I was working hard that day, which was two day. I wanna fuck you like a dog, right? Yeah, I think that's what Sir Paul wrote. Yeah. Right, right, Sir Paul. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on your your newly clean apartment that'll last a a good couple of days. Thank you. And I have a final theory before we go into the episode. Um, okay. Are you, there's a there's a theory in general that civilizations will develop um, the same innovations independent of one another, but it's it, there's rungs up the ladder that every civilization will meet, regardless of how isolated they are. So everybody mm-hmm. will make fire, agriculture, um, things like that. I have a theory that every modern culture will develop. Um, a sprite equivalent of their own, of like, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Like clear carbonated sweet 
uh, oh. beverage. I thought I thought you meant like the little elf. Oh no, the little fairy thing. Well, surely folklore is also developed, but no, I mean like a, the Coca Cola Sprite or the the Matsuya cider or what I'm holding in my right. hand right now is Korean Chilsung cider, which is mm-hmm. the same thing. And my theory goes that again, every developed nation will have their own variant of this, and not only that, they all taste exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you have any well, thoughts on this? I mean, every developed country, right. I, I would, I would assume, you're not going to go to uh, to New Guinea and find that. Maybe that's what they were uh, bringing into New Guinea. Maybe I don't know. I, I think uh, I think you know probably several uh, uh, South American countries have have their own version of that, right? Yeah, but you know they. I'm always wary of South American carbonated beverages because I, I I feel like it's just a vessel to lace with cocaine. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't find myself in favelas very often. I, I, I don't... I don't need to take that risk. Right. Yeah, I, understandably so. Um... Well, I think you got a solid theory on your hands. I'll develop at, it at, at the very least. I'll publish it, get it peer reviewed. Yeah. And take my findings to New Guinea. So if you had to choose one, what would it be? Well, that's part of my theory is that they're all the same. Are they all exactly the same? I think they're all exactly the same. I, I might go investigate later and buy a Sprite and buy a uh a Matsuya cider and drink this chill sung cider but yeah i don't know i don't want to drink a bunch of fucking soda like well you, you, we have our uh our readier tastes channel that's true um that you could do that for yeah it would be a good uh fit for the readier tries it segment mm-hmm. i'm uh always on the hunt for rare and exotic foods such as sprite to feature yep. or uh or uh um sakura kit kats yeah or uh, be on the lookout by the way um readier uh readier tastes uh patrons uh on the patreon for subscribers there's a special video coming that features one nico avocado so if uh, mm, that's right <laughs> oh man what what a pleasant young man indeed i was struck by his um uh, entrepreneurial spirit and real go-getter mm-hmm. attitude in yeah. terms of content creation and he's gonna bring a lot so patrons you don't want to miss out on this certainly not certainly not um we will have the obviously the, the normal video is going to be up on youtube we'll have the um the uncensored version on um daily motion daily motion and a special cut of it I think we'll put up on our OnlyFans. Okay. It's gonna, you know, there's lots to shake out here. Uh, video. Yeah, you guys might not know this. Video content creation is kind of a big deal. It's a big thing. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's, uh, you gotta find an editor, pay them, tell them what to do, and, you know, it's, it, that's, it's a lot of emails, I think. Sometimes they make mistakes, even, which is 
just horrendous. It is. And it's always a big panic because the video has been up for three weeks by that point and you find right. the, the YouTube comments and it's, it's you know, you gotta fire oh. the editor. Yeah, Fuck it's embarrassing. It is. It is. You hitch your your name to their wagon and look where it yeah. gets you. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you you get these 20-somethings, you know, these 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 Zoomers, these millennials who have no respect for a hard day's work, you know? Right. Sir Paul would is rolling in his grave. He, he truly is. Uh, yeah, I bet they don't even know that song. I remember I was in a... Um, I was in, it was I was at the Y giving a class um, to a bunch of underprivileged youths, mm-hmm. and believe, to put it mild, to put it mildly, and and believe it or not, that song came up. So I, I kind of like, yeah. you know, I was like everybody, it's a bit off key, but whatever. And um, nobody had any idea what the hell was going on. And wow. I was so beside myself that I just stormed out of the class. I left the youths with their lack of privilege, and um, I couldn't bear to teach that fucking lot at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Yeah. I The why, that was the operative question at that point. Right. Yeah. How, how apropos. Indeed. Indeed. The world is truly declining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Y is so underfunded by this point that they they can't even afford the other three letters anymore. I know. It's tragic. Now, but that's that's the thing, isn't it? You know, when when you this generation not knowing the songs that I know and not liking the songs that I like, right, is just so representative of where the world is heading. In general, you know. Right. It's I'm glad that so many of our fans of Trex fans do the right thing. They sit their children down in in the chair every night and watch yep. two, three, four seasons of TNG just to make sure yep. that they get the the education, you know, that they know the yes. culture. And and well I mean that is the point of having children is to make a little clone of yourself with the same exact tastes, the same the same likes, dislikes. Same traumas, you know. Just leave it to the Trek fans. If every if the mm-hmm. world was ruled by Trek fans, I think it would be more utopian in nature. You certainly wouldn't have to worry about sex. Wouldn't have to worry about sex. There'd be no Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And T-shirts would only come in double X large. Is is it? Is that sports ball you're talking about? Sports ball? Sports ball? What are you talking about? Oh, I, oh, sorry. You might know it by its other name, the Superb Owl. Oh. That's what I always say. I, I, you, I mean, you know, we have our Superb Owl party every year. Yeah, uh, that, that one always gets a laugh. It does. It does. And it's a nice opportunity to come together and show how much better we are mm-hmm. than other people. Yeah, I mean, once once you have a, a certain number of credits under your belt, you know, it, that's that tends to be reflected in your your paycheck, and you know, yeah, let's let's not get into it. I'll just say that eating wings takes on a whole new meaning and meaning at the superb owl party. 
than the Super Bowl that's party. True. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so uh, that's going to bring us to this week's question of the week, which is always my favorite part of the show because I can interface with the lovely fans, lovely ensigns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This week's question comes from Little Feather of the Chawpee tribe in Illinois. Uh, who asks, hey, admirals, how? How now? Um, today, how? how? <laughs> is that your question? Um, today is life day on my reservation. In celebration, I want to gift everyone pregnant Deanna Troy t-shirts. Where can I buy them? Thanks for everything that you do. Well, Littlefoot, that's a great question. Um, we used to have the, the those t-shirts up on sale on, on the internet, but we had numerous complaints, so we had to take them down. Um, fear not, pregnant Deanna Troy Tees will be back as soon as we can sort out these legal troubles. Um, today's the 10th, and I think Life Day is usually on the 19th. Because uh, it's, yeah. right, yeah, okay. Yes, third, third Tuesday, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little close to the wire to get them up, but in in lieu of pregnant Deanna Troy, I want I might make a suggestion is to buy our um, roots inspired Jordy Data action figure playset, where you have plantation owner Data and um, robbed of his culture Jordy, and buy that that action figure set and gift it to all the families on your reservation and they can set mm-hmm. it up like a like a nativity tableau at christmas you yeah i'm talking about yeah, yeah. yeah. just to yeah. keep yeah. the spirit of life day um alive and as a constant reminder it's no uh pregnant troy but it has the meaning i don't know do, do you have yeah. any suggestions brandon on how to fill in for the pregnant <sighs> diana troy tea well, if we're talking about life, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into life. And I think now is probably um, a good a time as any to announce our, our, our new partnership um, with, with Bad Dragon. Yes, yes. Um, we, we, finally got, we finally got all the rights squared away for this product. It is a faithful recreation of Data's penis. Um, all 14 inches of it at full length of course you can you can retract it as well um obviously data would have that ability so um extremely customizable several moving parts um lots of add-ons baddragon.com that's coming uh next month next month november uh november 3rd that's coming so, next month and remember it's with- Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's gonna be a little bit late, but you know, I mean, I think I think people can wait for it. You know what I mean? I think I think I think if you show up and say, "Hey, I got nothing for Life Day yet," but you know, I got I got I got something good coming. You know, people people will be okay. I was just trying to do the ad read as we agreed upon, but okay. So as I was saying. With Bad Dragon, it's coming next month, but it won't be the only thing that's coming. Baddragon.com. Uh, 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 thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. we don't we, we don't want to lose our partnership. Right, friend of the show, Bad Dragon. Um, uh, kind sponsor, hashtag sponsored. Gotta gotta get that in there. Mm-hmm. But yes, 
always a good life day gift, I think. Um, a, a reminder of the creation of life, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I I changed my answer. I also agree that any of Bad Dragon's fantastic product line would make a lovely life day gift for you and yours. That's right, Mitch. I use Bad Dragon every night. You do? Well, yeah. Oh. I mean, you know, and you, you know, you, you know, you know, when I leave to go to the bathroom. I mean, I thought things were a little looser, but I don't really know why. Well, I gotta try out the products. I guess they keep they keep sending them to us. It it's in a I can't, st- it's I can't a- in good faith. It's an astounding rate at which they send us these products for um, testing. It's just nonstop. And, you know, it, how am I supposed to tell the difference between a, a, a red thornback and a, a black smoke fire? You know, um, if I don't, if I don't, you know, try them out. Yeah. I, I mean, I admire your, your dedication to the ad. Um I just, I just wish that they didn't send us the pre-owned versions. Oh, that's what makes it fun, though. It, yeah, that's um, that's part of their their hand-me-down program. Ah, um, for the the yeah, lesser yeah. fortunate. Well, the- not even the lesser fortunate, but yeah, I mean, yes, that's that's one demographic, but also you know people who kind of want like a, a more of a thrill, you know, ah, kind of like the um, the the stealing your sister's underwear angle. Yes. Yes. Um it's it's for people who are, you know, chasing a certain kind of certain kind of excitement. Mm. Shout out to yeah. the trans ensigns. Shout out to the trans ensigns. We know you're there. We hear you. We love you. Trans rights are human rights. Yeah. There, I, I said it. Times, I don't know how many times it needs to be said. Um but yes, yes, we, we vehemently agree with that. And you can quote us on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we, mock, uh, we'll mock up the, the Ready Room logo with uh, trans flag coloring. Didn't we do that already? Um, I think we did a slightly different flag, maybe? It was like orange? Yeah, we, we, did, we did that with Picard or something. Yeah, I, I, basically the same thing. Yeah, same thing. The the what the the orange and black whoever those folks were yeah I think they were the fuck what were they the non binaries uh, NB maybe maybe I know they were heck invalid which makes me think it was NBs yeah well you know everyone's valid so right we'll cover our bases we'll get every one of every flag for Picard to stand in front of and hopefully that uh. That inspires new Trekkers and old Trekkers alike. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Star Trekkers. Hopefully it inspires uh, all Trekkers to uh, to not cancel us, you know? Yeah. I live in eternal fear of that. Mm-hmm. Which is why we do anything we do, of course. Yeah. I always look under my bed before I go to sleep at night to see if there's any cancellations under there. Right. And uh, one they they could come from anywhere now. They could, the ceiling, the closet, Twitter, anywhere. Yeah. So thanks for your question, little feather. That's 
our question of the week. If you at home have your own question of the week that you would like us to answer on a weekly basis, you can email us at thereadyroom at gmail.com or you can send us a Twitter direct message at thereadyroom and we'll take your question, we'll think about an answer, and then we'll tell it to you live on the pre-recorded podcast. Which is going to take us to this week's episode, which... Oh... This is the worst episode I think we've watched. I'm just—I think it's the absolute worst episode. It's not. It's, it's not the worst episode. It's bad, but it's not the worst. No, it's bad. It's so bad. It's what? What is? What is worse than this? Um, don't say the naked now because it's the naked not, now. It's not true. It's not true. The naked now is worse. You you just don't remember it. I mean, yeah, but um, yeah, this is still just a new low. I think. The Naked Now <laughs> had a Star Trek appropriate problem. <laughs> problem. I guess so. And uh, this doesn't. It wasn't. It wasn't hampered by uh, by conflicting interests either, in terms of you know trying to tell its story. So, but um, I mean, it's 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 annoying because this episode starts off with. What is always an interesting premise to me, and that's the the Riker's promotion uh, <laughs> bit, you know, where yeah, and this, this happens a few times where Riker has to choose between kind of leaving the Enterprise behind or leaving Picard behind uh, and remaining first officer, which there's a lot of emotion that goes into this makes it very interesting, theoretically, theoretically. Mm-hmm. In actuality, uh, at least in this 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 swing at the bat, it did not land. I thought the resolution of that in particular was very um, wanting. It left it was apropos wanting. of nothing, basically. Yeah, and I'm just going to jump to the end of the episode. Riker just comes in the room and he says, "Oh, by the way, I've declined that promotion," and everybody just mm-hmm. smiles. They're like, oh, Will, Will, I'm so happy you're stagnating your career. Um, Bizarre. Or like they knew. Yeah, it's like, oh, Will, I knew you didn't have any drive in you. You piece of shit. It's like that, um, that, I think it's Tapestry. I don't know why we keep coming back to Tapestry, but where Picard stops himself from getting stabbed in the past and it has this yeah. uh, knock-on effect and he comes back to the president and he's like a like a 50 year old ensign that's cowardly and has no accomplishments that, that, right that, that's what i picture riker's trajectory to be when he continuously does not step up for uh well, promotions. first officer first officer and i mean picard lays this out pretty explicitly and i think i think it's, it's laid out pretty well when you're the first officer, first of all, a first officer is a high-ranking mm. officer. Uh, on top of that, you know, he's on the flagship. So. Yeah, but it's just. I, I understand it being difficult to let go. Always the bridesmaid, except this time it's by choice. It's like Well, oh, you know, it's, it's not a terrible choice, though, is it? Yes and no. At some point, imagine, imagine that the... Riker was Picard's age you know he's not some spry young man with a bunch of cakes in front of him in life he's uh, an older gentleman who still has not reached the captain 
captain's chair. Yeah, yeah, but not everyone's going to become a captain or an admiral. No, necessarily. But I think I think I get the impression that everybody who gets to first officer, like that position, is basically captain in training. Yeah. And once you reach that point, um, you're being groomed. Mm. At which is a bad thing. It's a bad thing to fight against it and to say I'm I'm in this uh, transitional position permanently, basically. So so you should accept the grooming. You should accept the grooming. Um, you know I've written a lot about Picard grooming Riker, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just for me, but. I consider myself an expert on the subject. Well, and you make no mistake either, because this is grooming, because the the age difference is, what, 20 years? Indeed. Yeah, so. Like, why can't Picard just choose a first officer as old as he is? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a little bit disgusting, but... I can see why we had to take this show off the air. It's all the notorious grooming going on, but <laughs> so <laughs> looking looking more at just this episode and not not missing the forest for the trees, um, mm. it sucks. So putting like yes, there's that plot thread, and intertwined with that is the appearance of Riker's father. Yeah, who was absentee, who was who was mm. an absentee, who was absent in his life, um. And somehow these two things are related, except they're not really. They're not at all. But they play them up like they are. I guess, you know, one is the impetus for the other. Yes. He's he's getting promoted, so his father is trying to reach out to him. Because he's going to be gone in a remote part of the galaxy. However, it's implied that Riker's father's presence is influencing Riker's decision. (laughs) <laughs> which right. makes which no makes logic no sense, sense. <laughs> right and I hated all that I hated everything there's no there's one thing I liked with Riker's dad um, which was his relationship with Pulaski that was mm-hmm. that was an oddly um, human bit of character building which is weird, though, because Pulaski, last episode, acted like she didn't know Riker's father. Is that true? Yeah. You remember, you know, Pulaski was at in Riker's room when he was making eggs? Yes. And uh, they, they have some little conversation about how, you know, like, oh, you know, my father had, like, a recipe. And Pulaski's response, I can't remember what it was, but she definitely responded in such a way that, that implied that she didn't know who his father was. That's hilarious. Uh, should I look up the script? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, you should. I mean, while you're right. looking it up, uh, yeah, I'll what say, was the name of that episode? Times Squared. Times Squared. Yeah, I bet you thought I wouldn't know. I did not think you would know. Um, what was I going to say? Just so everybody knows, episodes aren't written nor produced chronologically uh, mm-hmm. as to where they fall in the season. And sometimes these things are all happening concurrently. So while it is a gaffe that they're so placed, they're placed so close together here, it's not like unheard of 
it's more of a coincidence. Oh yeah, yeah. It's on. it's it's a common thing to happen, but it is hilarious when we see it. So yes, um, Pulaski says, "Ah, you have a practiced hand, Commander." Riker says, "Yes, I have my father to thank." And then Pulaski says, "Your father liked to cook," which is a pretty basic, uh, you know, aspect of one's personality that any any lover would know, probably. Self-admitted, they fell in love. Mm-hmm. And maybe Pulaski's just a cheap, easy whore, or maybe this. She certainly seems crazy. like it. <laughs> I mean, that would be the canon explanation, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, that's cheap, easy horrors are all Riker has sex with, so it only stands to reason that that is also yes. true for Riker. Wow, I'm surprised Riker didn't hook up with Pulaski, actually, as like the ultimate uh, win over <laughs> his father. <laughs> now that would be an episode. Riker cucks Riker. <laughs> Just call it Riker versus Riker. <laughs> that actually reminds me. Um... <laughs> oh god. What does that remind you of? <laughs> About Riker, about um the the new Riker. God, I uh, I'm stuck on Riker. <laughs> um, so we had to come up with a name for Riker's dad, right? So yes, yes, we, that's we had, right. We had this moment of of inspiration of alliteration. Okay, so there's Commander Riker. It's a k- mm-hmm. hard C. How about Kyle Riker? K- yeah, hard K. So it's it's alliterative. Father and son, their names alliterate with one another. And then maybe I don't know. After shooting wrapped in the last days of shooting, we kind of had this collective moment of slapping our heads of like, oh my god, his name's Will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but not by, not Commander. <laughs> right, but by that point it was way too uh, late in the game to change it. We didn't want to ADR out all of the all the you know it, right right all the kyles it wasn't gonna happen i but mean what were we gonna call him anyway you know won't if not kyle walt walt yeah um well, I, I said I won't that's the thing though oh won't right will will won't yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah that's that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But but that's the thing. I mean, we we almost never had any characters call that character Will, right? So, and you know, in the script, he was always Riker. It was never Will. It was Riker, or Commander. So, or Commander. Yeah. So, um, honest mistake. You can't can't what certainly you, you can't, can't blame anybody. No, no, certainly not. I have been um, thinking more about Riker versus Riker, and it's truly a uh, whoever wins we lose situation. Yes. I'm in love with this. It's, uh, well, we can't do it anymore. Um, I wish we came up with this idea 40 years ago. Well, you know, live and learn. Mm -hmm. The next time we're in such a situation, we'll have this experience to go off of. Right. Anytime we're doing a a poor filler episode of a TV show where one of the main characters meets his father. Well, I mean, don't, don't, what are you doing? Don't talk about Picard 2. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, sorry. 
Uh, no spoilers. Just all right, that was that was the, the no spoilers were in that statement. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, um, what else happened in this fucking episode? Nothing. Oh, Worf. That's what we got to talk about. We got to yeah, talk about this, Worf. Um, this this weird Saturday morning cartoon plotline with Worf. Where I, yeah, we're Worf. Wesley has to figure out his feelings. Here's the 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 subplot of this episode. Worf is sad. Yeah, that's it. Which, which is, which is weird. I mean, considering where this episode came from, because originally we were supposed to have the B plot being um, the Enterprise being outfitted in order to to kind of move into the atmosphere of a sun, mm. um, because they were going going to some sun for a survey. You know, whatever. Um, which, which is where the title comes from, the Icarus Factor, right? Oh um, yes. The the material they were going to use to out, to outfit the Enterprise was going to be the eponymous Icarus Factor. Um, we we have remnants of this plot line in that they're they're kind of docking at like a base, right? This episode, mm. um, and that's where this was all going to happen. But um, Gene Gene really wanted that uh, that Anbo Jutsu scene, so we had um, to right move mountains. Yeah, the writers had to retool the script completely, and we ended up with, um, with obviously, with an on uh, on on Bojutsu scene, and um, and uh, with with that new Worf subplot, which I'll reiterate, I think is the worst thing ever. Um, it's it's horrible. Even just from the setup, like all the dialogue is wrong. Uh, there's there's a scene, there's multiple scenes between Data, Jordy. And what's his name, Wesley? Mm-hmm. And Data and Jordy are written so wrong. Yeah, especially Jordy. Um, Jordy in yeah. this episode is such a petulant. He's a dick. He's a complete dick. And at one point, he's just openly racist. He's he says something to the effect <laughs> of like, "Well, I don't know how much I want a bunch of Klingons on the ship." Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jordy Warp is right there. Yeah, uh yeah, Jordy spends the episode complaining about um, you know, normal uh workplace uh procedure, I guess. Yeah. Where, you know, you you have a second or third eye on on your work. Um but but Jordy sits around complaining about, you know, how dare they they question my work. And he never gets his come up and see there. He never he never realizes, "Oh, maybe I was being a little little silly." No, no. We, you know, we're just supposed to take that straight and agree with them. Well, there is that scene where he's talking to O'Brien and he says, well, how would you feel if someone came and looked at the transporter? Uh, yeah. And O'Brien's like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you see, o- O'Brien's the Irish working man. Uh, right. Um, we're not he so- doesn't care about the quality of his work. Yes. <laughs> and he also drinks in this episode. He does. He does. Oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. No, the wharf thing was so stupid. The The setup was stupid. The writing was stupid and out of character. Now, yeah. I liked the set that we got, though. For the final scene? Yeah. Yeah, who did I that love, again? I love, love, love on sets. Who was that? Um, it's in our I, show notes here. I would, I would say it's probably Rick. Rick did it? Yeah. I mean, Rick always leaves a lot of himself in his work. And I can I can see Rick in there. 
Well, Rick Rick did the Yanbo Jutsu set. I'm not sure if he did the Klingon. I'm pretty sure he did the Klingon set. No, I think it was Rick. Like, I I know what to look for to identify Rick. Rick spotting. Uh-huh. That's what I call yeah. it. And yep. I can spot Rick in this Klingon scene, which was very, you know, it came about in that rewrite caused by the uh, you know, Gene's concerns, but it was basically lifted directly from a bit of fan fiction. Um, that, oh. that whole rite of ascension, which um, necessitated the set. Um, I think it was a Wesley Crusher fan fiction, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And it was something like Wesley Crusher is at an SM club. And oh, okay. we took that scene and repurposed it for the Klingon uh, rite of ascension with Worf. Aside from that, it basically played out exactly the same. And it led to this really cool set. Had some very nice acting from Michael. Um, was fleshed out the Klingon lore. It was great. It, was, it worked really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the only problem being that uh, a bunch of Klingon costumes got misplaced after Star Trek V filming wrapped up. So <laughs> we kind of last minute, uh, the costume department had to put together um, a few a few facsimiles. Um, you'll notice some of the some of the background Klingons aren't exactly up to snuff in terms of their costume design. I remember we had to keep um, shuffling around the costume as uh, the camera focused on different Klingons. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one of them is wearing my vest, actually, oh. uh, spray painted. Um, I didn't know you contributed to this. Well, yeah, we all, uh, a, a few of us donated. I mean, it was last minute stuff because we thought we had the costumes. And it turns out we didn't. So a few of us donated some some kind of um, lookalike clothing items, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's um, perfect. Well, you, you won't notice unless you look really hard at it. Well, you know what they say, it, but... t- it takes a town to raise a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It takes a crew that to make Star say. Trek. Mm-hmm. It takes, a, it takes a film crew to make a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed it does. Indeed it does. Um, but this wharf thing, aside from, you know, a cool set payoff at the end, takes up so much time in the episode. And I think and it's so out of character, so out of character. I think you could take every dialogue scene related to this and overlay um, oblivion music on top of it. And it's, <laughs> it's a pretty good result. I think yeah. especially when data goes to inquire about what's wrong with Worf, And even that isn't, doesn't really make sense for data the way he goes about that, but he goes up and he's, says, Worf, where are your friends? We're worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me of an individual that both you and I know. <laughs> and um, Worf... Okay, I'll say that this was slightly humorous. He, he looks Data right in the face, and he says, like, be gone, or he yells at him. And then immediately yeah. after, in a more soothing voice, Commander. <laughs> sir he says sir yeah um cute yeah but uh yes the every scene involving this wharf subplot is awkward written poorly acted poorly the beginning of this this plot thread where wesley and wharf are walking down a hallway um uh, i wanted to just shoot myself in the head watching oh, it it was bad it was really bad it's uh, it's it's so out of character for Worf. 
And I'll say it was immediately identifiable as completely vestigial to the the main plot of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could absolutely tell. Which was disheartening, I think. Oh no, not only do I have to deal with Leslie X Wharf. 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 Oh. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Not only do I have to deal with this, but it's not going to advance the shitty plot either. <laughs> not, not only that, but it's not going to give us a fun acronym. <laughs> I'm sorry, I meant portmanteau. Yes, you should be sorry. Fun portmanteau. Uh, Wes, 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 I don't know. Quarf? Crusher? What war? Quarf? Worsley. Washer. Washer. Wusher. I think it's a type of sauce. Oh, so geez. It, it feels like it's been a while since we've seen Troy, don't you think? Troy has a lot. It, yes, and Troy has a lot going on in this episode. It's the first time we see her office. Which exists now. Yeah, suddenly. There's a funny scene where Troy is presupposing the motivation of of Riker's father and she yeah. says oh I bet you feel this and he's like eh, not really and she's like well then I guess you came here because you felt this and he said eh, no he's like Troy what the hell you can read his goddamn mind <laughs> she's off her game maybe maybe she can't read him maybe maybe he's uh, he's employed some kind of anti-betazoid mind field <laughs> He did identify her as a Betazoid by sight, so yeah. he might be familiar with their tactics. By sight? I, I don't know. I guess they all look Greek or something. <laughs> they all have black, dead eyes. <laughs> uh, Yeah, th that was a weird scene, too, huh? It was. The thing is, like, Gene was so so against the idea of having this relationship conflict as part of Star Trek that none of these scenes ended up making any sense at all because we couldn't get to the emotional core of it. No. We had to dance around it the entire time. The only thing I liked about Troy's inclusion was the moments of her and Pulaski connecting over getting their bones jumped by these guys. Yes, yes. And that was a sincerely human moments between them yeah yeah that's true um and th there also was a line from troy where she says some traits are endemic to gender which uh you can't say that can't say that anymore um at least it was it didn't annoy too many people because the script was talking about male uh aggressiveness instead of female irrationality <laughs> that's right that's right yeah as long as it's uh as long as we're talking about men it's okay and you know to the credit of that scene all the men in this episode act ridiculously stupid i that's true could not stand hey, we're gonna have to talk about it at some point might as well talk about it now the confrontation, the final confrontation of um, Anbo Jutsu. Oh, Anbo. Okay, so uh, uh, just just as an aside, Anbo Jutsu roughly translates to uh, "Way of the Red Bean Monk." 
Um, just, just so the audience knows, that was something that uh, we'd been saving up for a while. Did, uh, did you learn that from June? Um, yes, yes, yeah, actually, yeah. I always liked having him on set. I'm still annoyed that things kind of turned out how they did. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it was a shame. So we can tell this story. It's not a particularly happy story, but yeah, we can tell it. Uh, this Anbojutsu thing has a lot of Japanese influence. The characters speak Japanese at certain points. There's Japanese characters written on. Uh, there are armor. There are equipment. Mm-hmm. So we needed someone to consult on this. So we brought in Jun. Jun's a native Japanese speaker. He was our Japanese expert on the set. He was kind of coaching the actors. Uh, he gave feedback to the prop department. Basically, every part of this process where he could help, he was there, and he was very, very enthusiastic about it. I really great presence to have on the set. Awesome person. Problem came when it was time to film, and he's there. He's got his you know copy of the script, and he's like trying to give the uh, Frakes and uh, you know, the other actors advice. And he says, "Okay, you got to say this, and it's pronounced this way." And we do a take, and Frakes would just butcher it. And, you know, June would come in, it's like, oh, stop, stop. You know, it's it's said like this. And yeah. I don't know how many hours of retakes we were doing, but Frank's just seemingly intentionally was not getting it. He just, you can hear it in the final mm-hmm. uh, cut, the way that he pronounces it. It's just so off. And, you know, June, I always thought of as a patient man, but... By the end of that day, he just, he walked off the set. He he was sick of being so, I don't know, fragrantly, ignored. Yeah. Right in, like, yes. to his face. I said fragrantly, yes. like a smell. Flagrantly. Flagrantly. <laughs> flagrantly. Maybe he was fragrantly ignored as well. Who knows? I mean, I didn't smell him. But, <laughs> um, you know, June, he you know, puts the script down, walks off the set, the door closes behind him, and Frakes looked at me and just kind of made this offhand remark. He's like, it's like Hiroshima. eh?" And um, (laughs) I really tasteless. (laughs) It's horrible. Tasteless. June, if you're out there, you know, we're sorry. That was one, was one person. Don't, you know, we're, we we loved having you. We loved having you. Yes. We're, we're very sorry, June. Uh, Su, su, mimasen deshita. Yes. Um, Goman. Goman, yes, Goman. Goman Nase. Um that's 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 one thing that we would end up having to retcon because of this was the 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 state of the Japanese language um in Star Trek, which by this point we'd you know, after after seeing it in this episode, we had to make it such that it had evolved. Hmm. You know what I mean? Into like a different kind of cause because you know, you, you, you hear their lines in this episode and they say, um, you know, instead of Yoroshiku onegaishimasu, they say, Oroshiku onegaishimasu, right? Yep. Um, which is, that's just how Japanese is spoken in the future. That's Gene's vision, you know, so. It's a lot I'll like some languages, um, you know, old English even, right? It's mm, very yeah. different. Yeah, yes. And, you know, after a few hundred years, of course, things are going to change, so. um. But uh, the 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 set again was courtesy of Rick. Um, he even made sure to get his his Urusai Yatsura reference uh, on a banner in the background. He was very tickled by that. Yeah, 
Uh, that's actually I didn't know that until June explained it to me. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's cute. It's a nice little joke. Yeah. Um, it, to say Rick was obsessed with that show would be an understatement. Uh, it, it'll it'll appear several times throughout the course of this show. Um, I personally think animes for pedophiles, but but you know, Rick, we watched him. We we had our eye on him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as we could. So, um, he he also he also had them write Yuri on the uh, on the platform, the side of the platform, hmm. um, which which translates to uh, to lesbian sex. Um, of what age? Well, I I think we can we can probably assume. Oh no! Yeah, a little bit of a dark history for uh for the Star Trek crew here. That, you know, I wasn't privy to this, but June must have been. Maybe that's that, that contributed to his mood. I would sure that that uh, that caused a, a certain level of offense. Yes. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, he, the dark secrets are coming out. Even I didn't know some of these. It's these scoops are unreal. But uh, let's let's talk about that scene, huh? What do you think about Ambo Jutsu as a as a competition? It's very silly, of course, but I, I wasn't offended by it. I wasn't offended by it either. Um, I found parts of it to be oddly kinetic, in a way yeah. that uh, uh, Kirk fighting that lizard man never were. You love going back to that well. It's the funniest thing. It lives rent free <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Yes, I it, it is at least fun to watch. It's fun to watch, it's fun to play, and I love the idea that this has evolved like blinded combat has mm -hmm. evolved to like a formalized thing with rules and equipment and it's a real sport. But the people who have been practicing it for decades still are just kind of flailing around and aren't quite sure of how <laughs> to do it. <laughs> um it's it's too perfect really it the choreography for that scene was pretty wild to get right because those uh, screens on their helmets you know those are really you can't see through those right so, so the the actors really just had to have developed that sense that extra sensory sense of yes. uh, where they were without without their sight and they they needed a real awareness of their bodies there. Yeah. Now, when we were doing it, because, you know, we had done this, you know, we call So, here's the thing about Ombo Jutsu. Um, this is not a complete uh, element of fiction. In the writer's room, we had something called Duo Pinata, which was basically the same rules as Ombo Jutsu, except... Oh, yeah! A little more shots, a little more hazing kind of mood mm -hmm. to it, but, you know... 1am 2am friday it's but the same rules basically and i'll give it to frakes he was a lot more elegant than we were having done it that was his first time we had done it many times and yeah uh, you gotta give it to him granted he was sober so i'm not gonna say it's a completely even playing field but um yeah on bojutsu which is kind of a stupid name but duo pinata a lot of fun a lot of fun would recommend yeah, it. no, that 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 was that was a good time. I totally forgot about that. Hilariously enough. 
maybe you know if you lose too many times then you know you do too many shots hey, and hey, you, hey, you, hey, you hey. won't remember it let's calm down mitch i uh, i don't think i lost many more times than you did well which one of us remembered it i'll just put it that way mm. if you have a couple of buckets and a couple of broomsticks at home please by all means try it out yeah it's it's a lot of fun good drinking game indeed the emotional core of that scene was kind of off to me. I, I didn't feel... Awful. Yeah, I didn't think it was much of a visual metaphor for their relationship and the the revelation that his father cheated him at the sport was also out of left field and meaningless. Yeah, and, and a lot of emotional weight was placed on that realization for no real reason. Right. Um. It was his father telling him, you know, of course I cheated, but it made you better, right? Um, but no one would hear that and, and feel inspired. No. And I'm curious how this ties into his parenting approach of not letting Riker reel in a fish that he caught. Right. And I'm also curious how this applies to Riker's current predicament of, of accepting this promotion or not. Oh, yeah, we got to resolve that. Quick, throw in a scene at the end. <laughs> There's nothing connects in this episode. No. And the more we talk about it, the more it bothers me. Do you still think it's better than the naked now? Yes. No way. <laughs> I think the naked now is just so horribly... It's just so bad. It's, I... it's, it's... It is. Consistently acted poorly. It's, it's not even fun to watch at any moment. And this is? Yeah, on the Anbo Jutsu fight. Okay, sure. But, I don't know. I The Naked Now is literally the second episode. This is okay. halfway into season two. Alright, well, I'm just saying. I, I think it's still worse. You crazy, kid. You crazy. Mm -hmm. Um. Damn, where do we even go from here? There's not much left to cover because there's not much that happens in this episode. We can talk about Kyle Riker's uh, onesie, if you want. How everybody, no matter how old they are, still wears a onesie in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I mean, it is the future. Right. We need the most difficult-to-put-on piece of clothing we can conceive of. So a fucking onesie for a... Yeah, you have to wonder how everyone takes a piss, huh? Yeah. I mean, other than mass catheters. Right. Maybe they beam mass the, they beam the urine out of them. Possibly. Like you just, It could be like uh yeah. like uh I read I read these books gosh, what, what was it, fifteen years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh Halo. Oh, like um like a religious thing? No, no, no! It's a science fiction book. You, you, you never heard about this? I fucking hate sci-fi. Oh, well, you know we've worked on Star Trek, so you know I feel like I should keep up with the sci-fi entertainment. And uh, yeah, it's a series of books, little-known series of books called Halo. Okay. Um, where the uh, the the main character, he's a big fella who uh, he has a suit of armor that um that he just pees inside of and it just kind of gets rid of it for him so wait what's this about 
It's 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 about uh, he's he's like a he's a soldier, you know, he's a soldier with a special suit and he's really tall. And he can pee in it. And he can pee. Uh, he, any fluid that comes out from there gets disposed of. Was this, by the suit? Did this factor into the plot? No, no, it was uh, it was kind of just an aside in the narration. Ah, you know, on Star Trek, we always make sure to have payoffs for the concepts we introduced in the script. Well, we we never broached the subject, so breached the subject, broached Broach the subject. <laughs> <laughs> we never breached the subject, so. Uh... I don't know. It sounds like a like a fragrant violation of of writing principles. Maybe, but uh, I'm sure there's a memory alpha article about it. About Halo? No, about um how how people pee. All right, hold on. We'll look it up. All right, Star Trek urination memory alpha. Cortana, Google uh. Star Trek urination. <laughs> Oh, that's right, I don't have a uh, smart device. In the Star Trek universe, how do people go to the bathroom? We do never see a toilet, I guess. There's never a scene where Picard drops a huge BM in the toilet. <laughs> it's just a bunch of people assuming there are toilets. Look up the blueprints of the Enterprise, see if you can locate a bathroom. Okay, okay. Um, Tim Timothy Blaisdell, a fan of Star Trek since the early 70s on Quora, says... I have a set of blueprints for the original Enterprise that I bought at the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. in the late 70s. These blueprints clearly show bathroom facilities all over the Enterprise. Well, there we go. Now, the real question... I, my, uh, wait, wait, wait. I'm not done yet. Oh, oh Sorry. <laughs> my friends and I used to keep these blueprints handy while watching the show and try to trace the characters' movements through the ship as we were watching. Often, we would conclude that a doorway a character was walking by was a bathroom. I want to be that guy's friend. <laughs> uh, so, what were you going to say? I said the real question is, do they use bidets or toilet paper? You know, if they're civilized, I'm sure they use bidets. I would hope so. Yeah. In fact, paper probably doesn't even factor into the equation anymore in... In, in this this future scenario. I guess paper is uh seems like something that they would evolve beyond. Because mm -hmm. you never they, yeah. they have screens for everything, so it's not like right. there's paper there. Right. We'll have to do a a good amount of research into the role of paper in twenty fourth century uh space time travel world we certainly will that's the that's the title of my next thesis wow, that sounds like a banger it is it is uh i'll bring the bangers you bring the mash and we'll uh we'll get published there's um a line from Riker's father in this episode where he says we're we aren't so different will and i <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he did say that <laughs> um there's a line where his father says i can't just say how i feel right 
which right. was very on the nose to me. Extremely on the nose. Um, he's basically telling us how he feels. Exactly. Which is <laughs> which is great writing. Now, did you catch that Worf, um, a black character, said that he never knew his father? <laughs> you don't say. I do say. <laughs> that was actually part of the tie-in, because this episode was supposed to air on Father's Day. It's why the plot is what it is. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Uh, but you remember it. We had that pro- pro- uh, that problem with the network. It got delayed a week, and you know it ended up uh, coinciding on the same day as Frakes' wife's miscarriage, and everybody was oh yeah, kind of put off. Yeah, yeah, that was a shame. I remember because we had our weekly um, watch party, and you know, just as always, we demanded everybody was there, so we pulled in Frakes from the hospital, and then. Uh, the episode started, and we are like, oh, it's this one. No. No. And Frakes just sat there. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow to some degree. This is true. And you know what? I bet that somewhere at that time, June was feeling pretty satisfied with himself. I would be. Yeah. I'm not going to say he orchestrated the miscarriage, but, well, you know. So, anything else in this episode kind of getting you? Oh, man. Um, I don't think so. Uh, This is a really sad episode. Sincerely? No, I mean, like, it's it's sad as in there's very little to talk about. Oh, yeah, it's it's miserable. Eh... There's none of the plot threads line up. All the characters act completely out of character. The plot itself is just completely unengaging. Mm-hmm. And when yeah, when the best thing about an episode is Pulaski, you know you have a problem. And she is the best part of this episode. Yeah. I... Which isn't. It's not a knock against her character either. By the way, that's just a knock against the way that uh, the writers treated her character. Yeah. And this is maybe the first time, no, second time, second time that she was properly fleshed out in any conceivable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and probably the first time she's fleshed out unto herself instead of just as a foil to Picard. Right. And um, I guess we do have confirmation that uh, 10 Forward has a bartender other than Guinan. Yes, because we don't have whoopee money for every week. And they have waiters as well. I know that was a question that we brought up a couple weeks ago. Right. So they do have waiters, so that's good. It, um, it is good, but it still seems like, why? Why Why do we have waiters in the 24th century? Yeah, I guess so. Why, why not like a robot that just brings it to the table? Right. Why not just yeah. have um, replicators at the table? Yeah. Well, you know, they're very expensive. Ah, uh, I see. I want, my, if I, my dream job is a chef in a time with a replicator where I just go up to it and tell it to make something and I get paid. 
That's my dream job. All you need to be able to do to be considered a good cook is uh, make some shitty scrambled eggs, apparently. So <laughs> this is white. Don't even look like eggs. <laughs> they were alien eggs. Oh, that's right. They were from Targus Four. Uh huh. Or something. Yeah, I ha- I fucking hate- hated this episode, and I was so bored just getting through it. I, I almost fell asleep on my couch. Just yeah, let me. Yeah, out. it was a very boring episode. I will agree with you there. I know the clip show is coming. I don't know what I'm gonna do then, because <clears throat> that's gonna be the most trying experience in my life. We don't even need to really watch it. We don't need to watch it. We don't need no. to watch any of these. <laughs> well, we do it for the ensigns, of course. Of course, and they're gonna want our opinion on the clip show. Yeah. Um, now, what t-shirt are we going to make from this episode? That's a good question. Um, I think that what we're going to do is very stylized, have like a varsity look to it, and uh, like a high school... Oh, here's here's what it is. It looks like a high school Letterman varsity jacket. And yep. um, on the back it says, uh, Anbo Jutsu Team Captain. Yep, 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 perfect. I love it. So look forward to that. Yep. Oof, that's good. I can't wait for I'm going to buy one of those myself. I'm going to see about actually making a, a one-run line of uh, Letterman's jackets with the same design. See if we can mm. get the authentic. They'll be more expensive. You know, the leather, probably $150, $200. But, yeah. Um, if there's demand, we can make more. Yeah. And it's totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. You're gonna be so so readier, so so readier. You'll be the readierest person on the block. Mm-hmm. On the black. On the black. Just like Worf. And his non-existent father. Right. Who actually does exist, but right, he's son of Moog. And in both capacities, by the way, his his biological father and the father that raised him. Worf's a man of many fathers. <laughs> maybe he just didn't feel like either one of them was his father at that point well let's look forward to when Worf becomes a father ah yes yeah that'll be fun very excited for the Alexander episodes got a lot yes. of stories about that little guy uh, that little yeah yeah Alexander I guess that'll about do it for this episode then yeah, I think that's it. I mean, we're kind of ending on a wet fart here, but that's well, what this episode is, isn't it? Luckily, we started on a wet fart, too. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to front. I I couldn't think of a question this week for you. All right, can I think of a question? Perhaps. Can, I, can I? I'm really rubbing my brain cells together here. Alright. Okay, hold on. This one comes from and don't don't look it up. Mm-hmm. I need to go look it up, but don't look it up. This one okay. comes actually from the Readier Room Twitter account. Our Twitter account. Okay. Which, which I use all the time and you never use. Alright. Right. I'm gonna read you a quote that somebody said to a replicator. And what I want you to do is tell me what this is. Okay. So somebody walks up to a replicator and says, Finoplaque, 
100 Denkers. Now, what is that? What do you mean, what is that? I mean, what is that? Like, what, like what, what if you had to... What, so, it, it has, like, an analog in real world. Okay, so so what what is what is the replicator going to going to produce? Yeah, so imagine I walked up to a replicator and I said, um, "Give me, give me a plate of jappers," and it puts okay. out like pancakes, and these are like Klingon pancakes. You would just say pancakes. Okay. Now uh, I'm not mm. I I know with replicator you might be thinking food. It's not necessarily food. So okay. final plaque, one hundred denkers. What is that? Um, some amount of oil. That's a good guess. Uh, it's not oil. Do you want another crack at it, or do you want the answer? I'll 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 do one more here. Um, Finoplec, one hundred dankers. Is it alcohol? No, not quite. So what it is is a kind of acid, which is Uh, made in a beaker. This is from. Um, the most toys where the guy who has captured data asks his replicator for like a vial of acid and I guess Dankers is like an amount or maybe the concentration yeah, of it yeah. and he throws the acid on data to dissolve his uniform to make him wear some outfit that he wanted him to wear to look that better is in his collection incredibly hot <laughs> um, I was on the right track though you were I was on the right track. I knew it was a liquid. I uh, I was watching this episode, I don't know, somewhat recently. One of the few times I watched Star Trek recreationally. And I thought, wow, that's such a weird thing to say. Why, do, yeah. why does the acid need a space name? But, right. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's a space acid. Space acid. Yep, and he dropped it on data. Yes. Well, unlike you, or rather, unlike me, you're not a trivia mastermind, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to study Shame. study up for the next time you don't have a question. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this week of The Readier Room. Uh, you're welcome to join us next week when we keep our room readier and we discuss another episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And as always, I want to remind you guys that The Readier Room is brought to you by uh, Denny's. You know, check out our new Grand Slam hams over my hammy. And also mm-hmm. by Bad Dragon. Um, not the good dragon, but the baddest dragon inside you. So join us next time, everybody. And until then, I implore you, please stay ready. The troublesome little man child. Consider that in the history of many worlds, there have always been disposable creatures. beginning, 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 beginning.